It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Friday, November November 10th, with your host, me, Ray, and that good-looking guy, uh, Zach. How are you today, handsome? I feel like we're on day five of the haircut, and I think it's starting to come together. I mean, it's grown on me a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's coming together. Yeah, yeah. You got it cut on Sunday, I think. And there's uh, the deal, folks. Yeah, what your hair's, your hair's making a comeback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what is trending on the internet is not my haircut. Rather, it is, many of you have likely seen, there are a plethora of Give Back Car Repo Crisis videos making the rounds here on YouTube. We talked about this a little while ago, and I've got all sorts of data to dig into what is actually going on in the repo-mageddon side of the auto markets. We're going to start today's show there. Then, Dad, we have uh, some car dealers who got themselves into some trouble, so we'll be talking about some dealers going to jail. That's always an interesting dynamic. And some market insights from uh, from our local Mazda dealer that we're starting to work with. And holy cow, do they have a lot of cars that they can't sell. But let's start here, Dad, with Give Back Cars. So this is a search, excuse me, this is a search that is trending on the Google machine. At the exact same time, Dad, we are seeing, and I'll pull this data up uh, on the screen right now, the most auto loan and lease uh, uh, balances of all time. There's never been more auto loan and lease balances than right now. Look at this chart, man. Isn't this insane how much auto loan and lease balances have grown over the past two decades? Um, well, what's what's really insane is how much they've they've really grown since 2020. Yeah. Yeah, the slope when, of that line, man. Yeah, when prices went uh, went uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, so auto loan and lease total balances are up at the highest level they've ever been before. And then if we come down here, auto loan and leases as a percent of disposable income has actually stayed fairly steady. So that's a good sign. Yes. That being said, it's not uh, the same for all different credit spectrums. If I come down just a little bit further down to this next chart, Dad, Subprime and Prime Auto Loan 60-plus-day delinquency index. All right. Can you do your best to describe for those that listen to the podcast what we're seeing here? Uh, Subprime, uh, those people are having a tough time. Uh, Your prime customers, um, you know, actually, when you look at the numbers, it's fairly flat. It's fairly steady. Uh, But Subprime is is definitely having a, a tough time. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a uh, you know uh, blanket statement that oh because the percentage of disposable income going towards paying for cars is the same, so everyone should be fine. No, we are seeing record-setting subprime auto loan delinquencies at the same exact time. Prime is actually down a little bit; it's flat down. Like those that have uh, uh, high credit scores are not struggling to pay for their auto loans. And then, Dad. Newly delinquent auto loans in the past 30 days, that rate is shooting up. I mean, look at the slope on this chart, man. <laughs> like <laughs> this, I, I joke about it from time to time on our show. When when uh, the the uh, pandemic started, there was all this talk about a V-shaped recovery. Yeah. Okay. All you can see here on this chart is a V-shaped recovery. Auto new auto um, new delinquent auto loans plummeted during the uh, pandemic 2021 2022, and they have skyrocketed here. They so have. far in 2023, they have, yeah. Um, it's just which just points to um, the affordability crisis, um, the cost of money today, 
Everything's more, you know, and, and some of it has to do with inflation, but some of it doesn't. And what I mean by that is it's the cost of your credit, your credit usage that is causing much of the dilemma. Um, you know, credit card rates are high. Mortgage rates are high. Insurance rates are high. Um, interest rates for car loans and leases are high. And, you know, just those changes in interest rates are making it more difficult for more people to affordably handle their credit obligations. This is where I get a little confused, though, and so we'll, we'll talk through it here and share more of the information. Interest rates being high, we talk about this all the time. The current new car average APR is 9.87%. That I was helping a customer yesterday. Ford has some subvented rates at 2.9% for 60 months. I was like, yeah. man, jump on that because the average new car auto loan is nearly 10%. That's insane. Insane, excuse me, insanity. To think of the average used car interest rate, 14.31. Now, just this morning, Dad, we had this headline from Cox Automotive. Cox Automotive is the, you know, uh, uh, what's the saying about the 800-pound gorilla? They're the big player oh, yeah. in the space. Auto credit availability approved, improved again for the third straight month in October. So Dealer Track, which is the back-end software that a lot of dealerships use to shotgun out your credit application to get you an approval when you go to buy a car, which is why we always recommend people get a pre-approval before mm -hmm. they purchase a vehicle. Get a pre-approval so you have something to negotiate with, have some leverage. Dealer Track shows that auto credit availability has improved for the third straight month. You start to dig in a little bit. It's a tale of two stories. It's improved for those that have good credit, and it has uh, become materially more difficult for those that have poor credit. Yes. Uh, yeah. Even in the toughest of times, typically, if you have a really good credit score and the income to back up your credit request, you're going to get approved. Um, conversely, if you are subprime and when things become even more difficult, then the likelihood of you being approved or having more credit availability has been somewhat reduced. It, it, it has everything to do with how someone has handled their previous credit obligations. Those who have handled them well and have the wherewithal to, to um, uh, handle additional debt won't really find any great difficulty in getting that additional debt. What they might not like is what the going rate is for what that debt is. today. Okay. But those who, who already find it difficult to qualify for additional credit will, are going to find it even more difficult today. Yeah, absolutely. Dad, I saw a comment come through in the chat and I think it's relevant. Raymond says, is some of the subprime due to predatory loan practices? And if I may, just quickly, I want to, the data piece to this story, Credit Acceptance Corporation, the one of the largest subprime lenders in the nation, this yeah. is their most recent third quarter earnings, they put in their press release, an increase in provision for credit losses of 63.1% of 221.4 million, primarily due to an increase in provision for credit losses on a for, on forecast changes of 251.8 million, primarily due to a greater decline in consumer loan performance during the first nine months of 2023. 
Is it due to predatory loans? I think so, right? That's what that says. It says we gave loans to people and now now more of them can't pay for them because we're setting aside a quarter of a, a billion, a quarter of a billion dollars because we don't think these loans are going to actually come due. So so are 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 you suggesting that because they gave the loan, it was it was predatory because perhaps um in reality they should not have given that loan? I mean, I'm just saying that if they had these models, these really smart MBAs had these models and they said, okay, we're going to recoup this much money and we're all going to be rich and on our boats. I, I think that's great and all. Now to see that it's not happening, I mean, yes. I, don't, I don't think you can ascribe the word predatory to that, but I think questionable. Like They had to increase their loan loss provision by 63.1%. That's more than like we just made a little bit of a typo or you know a clerical error. Like That is we had a strategic misstep here. Yeah, and but 63.1% increase. One of the things that we're forgetting though is when they do that, is when they when they agree to loan the money, in many cases, there are upfront fees that the dealership must pay, that legally they are not allowed to pass those upfront fees on to the customer. And and those fees to uh, credit acceptance corporation could be as much as $2,000 in order to get them to agree to buy the loan in the first place. So having said that, yes, credit acceptance corporation is approving some people for loans that they pretty sure would, they never would have. But the fact that the dealer contributed two grand up front, okay, made it easier for them to make that exception um, Definitely. Because they've already got $2,000 worth of profit on that deal. So whatever that person pays prior to going bad is just extra profit. So, yeah, do they have to set aside more money for loan loss provision? Yes. Um, are the dealers, in essence, buying some of these approvals? Which would indicate to me that if they can afford to pay a $2,000 fee to credit acceptance corporation to get them to buy that loan well yeah. that the markup in the car is high enough to not only cover that two thousand dollars that they have to pay but providing them with i don't know an additional fifteen hundred or two thousand or three thousand dollars worth of profit on top of that um so if you price your cars high enough to your subprime borrowers so that you can absorb those fees. You can get them in a car loan. Um, is it predatory? Well, if it is, the dealership's participating. Definitely. I like this question from Oh No, Mr. Bill. Are dealers part of the default problem? By by adding the market adjustments, useless add-ons, and fees that inflate the price by two to $10,000, I, I think there's this part of the story which is the default problem and also the upside-down trade-in problem that we are now running into every single day i want to do an example here in just a moment but what do you think that are the dealers part of the default problem in this way uh the, i i will um, i will put it to you like this the dealers and the banks are complicit okay and what i mean by that is the banks have been willing to finance more than they should have which is what has allowed the dealers to add uh, additional sums of money to the selling price of vehicles the dealers that are doing that are 
primarily concerned with their short-term gain and not looking at the long-term impact that this decision might have on their business. They are yep. just they 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 are just blinded by the amount of money that they can make right now and and are forgetting to concern themselves with what happens with those customers when a they can no longer afford to make those payments or b they no longer want that car but they can't get out of it or c they wake up one day and they go I paid $10,000 extra for what? I will never do business with those people again. I will tell everybody I know to never do business with those people again. And so down the road, that could have a major impact on that dealer's business. So yes, part of it is a dealer problem. Part of it is the bank's problem. And between the two of them, they are absolutely complicit in the in the situation that many borrowers find themselves in. 100%. Absolutely. Now, that being said, borrowers are in situations where they are materially underwater. Let's do an example. You know, I love doing this. It's always one of my favorite things to do on the show. I, I track these Carvana offers all the time. Yes. So Carvana says this 2018 Honda Accord is now worth $14,201, down 12 bucks from what it was worth last year. Let's just think about this for a moment. Let's do some mental math and, and then we'll plug it in. You know, imagine I bought this, what is this, a 2018 Honda Accord? We said, yeah, 2018 Honda Accord. This is probably on the retail side, back in the height of the craziness. This is probably, I can't believe I'm saying this, a 22, 23, 24, $25,000 car. Probably. Back in yeah. the height. Yeah, yeah, back like a year ago, 18 months. Yes. So this was a 20. Jeez, please, man add on your taxes and fees and everything, it is not unreasonable to think that someone took out a, let's say so they put a little money down, $23,000 car loan. On it this, wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that they took out a $25,000 car loan, especially so after so. the finance manager got through selling them that extended warranty and dent and ding and tire and wheel protection. So let's just, let's say, say, for a second, let's just yeah. say for a second that they took out a $25,000 loan and they've been making payments for a year and, and having made payments for a year um, after those 12 months, maybe their payoff balance today is uh, well, $25,000. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's plug it in. So maybe, maybe Carvana is just light here. Maybe the car is actually worth like 20 grand. So let's see, let's see, you know me, I love, I always yes. love doing it. So we're saying the customer in this case owes, we think, 25 grand and that is okay. not unreasonable no okay carvana says it's a fourteen thousand dollar vehicle let me plug it in you know i love doing this yes no 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 i'm hoping i'm hoping someone's got a twenty thousand dollar offer here i'm not expecting but, it but i'm hopeful but, but even if there is a twenty thousand dollar offer that customer is five thousand dollars upside down they owe $5,000 more than what somebody will write a check for that car for. And and my guess is it's not it's not going to be a $20,000 offer. And we see this all the time. You remember that example? Yeah, 174. Okay. So like at a minimum in our hypothetical example here, best case scenario, you are $7,500 flip. flipped to use car terminology. Oh, they're only they're only seventy five hundred dollars flipped, okay. And the and the finance manager's going, well, I I might be able to work with that, you know. If you if you would have told me they were twelve thousand dollars flipped, I would have told you we got nowhere to go. But 
at seventy five hundred dollars flipped, how much money can we get? Can can we get a couple grand from them? And and so, yes, the vast majority of people who bought cars last year or two years ago and and dramatically overpaid for them are going to find themselves in the unenviable position of being the proud owners of negative equity. And on a car loan, that's something you never want. Okay. You you would like to have you, you would like to owe less than what it's really worth. Um so we had thirty five thousand dollars upside down yesterday. So they had a customer. Now what are you supposed to do for that customer? Yeah. So for those of you that aren't familiar, Justice, one of the incredible members of our team just does an incredible a credible number of things and he does them incredibly well. So thank you for that justice. We help, we do car edge consults. We do car edge coach. We do the full service where we, we buy the car, all that fun stuff. But you know, this must've been a deal review. You were doing justice $35,000 upside down. What do you even tell that customer? And just to put some context here, here's another deal that recently went through. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago, dad trade, actual cash value, $4,000 trade payoff, $13,600 net trade, negative 9,600. Like these are very real numbers. Um, and here you go from justice. No idea. Ray and I talked about it. No idea how to help them. Yeah. You can't. And that's the problem. You can't. And, and the reason you can't in many cases, and, and, and this was part of the conversation that, that Justice and I were having yesterday, is we can't help people if they come to us after the fact. We can only help people, realistically, if they come to us before they enter into um, a, a, an agreement that is not in their best interest. Um, yep. and, and the only way you can help somebody that's $35,000 flipped is it, 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 you know, it, it takes money. Um, it's, here's how I look at it. And this is what I used to tell customers. I used to say, have you ever been to Las Vegas? And they go, yeah, yeah. You walk around and, and you look at those buildings and you, and you, those hotels. And, and my God, it's just amazing what you can do with money. You have any? <laughs> because if you don't have any, there's nothing I can do to help you. Okay. There's nothing we can do for you to help yourself. It, money is, is the root of all evil. Okay. And it is what gets you out of these situations that, that people put themselves in. So the only way you can help somebody that's in that type of situation is it's going to take money and a lot of it. How much of it do you have? And let's be very clear, tying it back, give back car. No wonder it's exploding. We're seeing delinquency rates go up. No wonder people look at their payoff. They plug it into to our site and they see what it's actually worth. Gap insurance. I'll just do a friendly reminder. Google search gap insurance car edge. Like, please, please, please go read our article on gap insurance because these are situations where you absolutely need that type of protection. It's, I mean, 35 grand. That, that's just... And, and gap insurance isn't going to protect the customer that's $3,500 upside down, you know, 35,000, 35,000, excuse me, it, because in most, the, the best gap insurance will cover 150% of the vehicle. Well, guess what? 
you know, they might be at 200 or 250% of the value of the vehicle if they, if they owe $35,000 more than it's worth. So gap insurance is important. And I will tell you something else that's important. Not walking away from it is important. And the reason I say that is if you do walk away from it, you still owe the bank that $35,000. And yes, many of the banks are just going to write it off. They're still going to come after you. They're, they're still going to want their money. If there, if there is no penalty for somebody giving back a car other than a black mark on their credit report, well, then everybody would give back their car. Okay? The penalty is they can and will come after you for whatever amount they can't get that you still owe from when they sell the car at the auction. You're still liable. And then we get to talk about you as one of those subprime borrowers in the future that we're having difficulty with because that's all you're going to qualify for. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a situation like that and, and, and you just feel thoroughly, completely overwhelmed, think of the long-term impact of if you were to give it back. That's worse than the situation you're in now. Figure out how to make payments. Figure out how to make partial payments. Talk to the bank. But at the very least, keep paying it till you, till you either get that payoff amount to a, a, a level that you can afford to do something with or till you pay the damn thing off. That's what you have to do. Let's go to the chat, Pops. We got a couple more stories, and you have an electric show in 25 minutes. So let's get moving here. We've got from Blackout74. Thank you for the contribution. Thank you. I currently have a 664 credit score and $7,000 as a down payment. Do you guys think I'm in good standing to get a new 2023 or 2024 Chevy Camaro LT1 SS? All right, Pops, you're on your you're on your stoop right now talking about smart financial decisions. What's your what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think I think you're giving a bank seven thousand reasons to say yes. Your credit score, however, is giving the bank some pause. And what I mean by that is a six sixty four credit score today. Um, banks have raised their their limits as to what they want to see credit scores at six sixty four. In the past was like, yeah, it's all right. It's not the worst. It's not the best. We can get you done. Today it falls more into it's it's getting closer to the worst than it is to the best. Um, so will there be work to do? Absolutely, there would be work to do. Would it make more sense to, I don't know, perhaps entertain a less expensive automobile, even though it might not necessarily be the automobile that you want? Um, in order to get into a car loan so that you can rebuild your credit score up to a, a higher score where it'll be so much easier for you to get approved for things in the uh, in the future, um, more than likely. And then a lot of it depends on how long you've been on the credit report. What's your credit history? What's your high credit in the past? Uh how have you handled previous auto loans? Have you ever had a previous auto loan? There, there's so many factors that go into it. And you've heard, Zach, I know you've heard me say it. 
But mm. basically what banks look for, is it boils down to this, ability, stability, and willingness. Ability. Are you making enough money to be able to pay back whatever loan obligations you have? So do you have the ability to pay it back? Uh, stability. How long have you lived at your current address? How long have you been working in the field that you're working in? Have you only been at your address six months? Have you only been on your current job nine months? Uh, were you on your previous job before that three months? That's called stability. They want to see somebody that is stable in where they live and in their work history. And then willingness. Willingness is how have you handled your previous credit obligations? Have you handled them on time? Have you paid when you were supposed to pay? Did they have to chase after you to collect your money? That's willingness. So that's what the banks look at. Do you have the ability to pay it back? Have you shown stability in your life, in where you live and what kind of work you're in? And and willingness. Have you shown the willingness to handle your previous credit obligations in an upfront and transparent manner and in a timely manner? And so if, if you don't fit into those categories, it makes it a lot harder for a bank to say yes. I just want to acknowledge incredibly open, vulnerable, straightforward question from that community member and incredibly open, vulnerable, straightforward response from you. So that was one of the better clips we've had in a long time on this show. So thank you for that, Pops. Can we do one more news? Ugh, we got we have so little time. We need to do this, Dad. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, UAW workers at GM's Flint plant vote against new labor deal. So it seems like the United Auto Workers strike may not actually be over. Did you see that? I did not see that. I know. Uh, I think at most Ford plants. It now here's here's the question I would have to ask. When these go to votes, is it just based on a vote at each facility or is it the overall UAW? And my, my suspicion is that if the majority of United Auto Workers vote in favor of the contract, whether, uh, whether at one plant or not, a slim majority voted against it, well, if the overwhelming majority has voted for it throughout the union, then that's going to be an approved contract. I'm just showing a press release that came out this morning and took me by surprise. I hope you are correct. Another thing yes. that is some daily news you can use, Dad. This yes. came to me this morning. We have a Mazda dealer now on the Car Edge network. Mazda dealers are feeling the heat. 45 days ago, they had no inventory. Today, this dealer has 87 units on the ground and is asking help to move them. And, and this is, I mean, truly, this is the lay of the land, folks. There is inventory sitting out there, deals to be had. And it's not just, we saw it the other day in the macro data, the Cox data, what was it, 98 days supply for Mazda or something like that? It was insane. Yeah. Because they used to, 60 days ago, have like 40 days supply. Yes. So it's absolutely incredible what's changing in the market, seriously, every single day. And then, Dad. Yes. We've got two things for our favorite segment. Really? You got to be kidding me. All right, we're going to start with the one first that I haven't shown you yet, and then we'll do the yeah. one that you showed me. This really impressed me. Over on Automotive News, the industry publication, there was a piece written, um, yeah. How to Redesign a Dealership's Vehicle Protection Product Menu. So for those of you that are unfamiliar, when you go to buy a car, you negotiate the car price, and then you feel good about that. Well, next, you go to round two, which is negotiating the finance and insurance, your auto loan rate, 
and all of the ancillary or add-on products the dealer likes to add on. Friendly reminder, we sell a service contract commonly called an extended warranty back at CarEdge.com with a flat $600 markup. So that's a great option for those of you who want to do something outside the dealership. Now, what got my attention here, Dad? Yes. How to redesign a dealership's vehicle protection product menu. Yeah. Here is their suggestion. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Well, I I can't read any of that. So not only can you not read any of it, it's confusing. It looks weird. Like you tell me, consumer A, did you ever wake up and say, you know what? I just spent 40 grand on a car. I really wish someone would slide this multicolored four column (laughs) preferred value basic economy plans in front of me with different with different terms and different payments. Like Eric Landrum of Conley Insurance Group urges dealerships to use a quote robust FNI menu architecture like this example. Get the hell out of here, man. Well, that, that, that that's nice architecture, but it, it it seems to me that it's like I don't know, build on a house of cards and the whole damn thing could collapse. Uh, <laughs> I saw sure. this redesign headline in automotive news and just thought to myself, this is insanity. Well. You, you know, don't don't forget that Automotive News is an industry publication. It is set up and designed to help dealerships um, a be compliant and b figure out ways to make more money. Okay, and and so on the F and I side of things, there are people out there who are tasked with figuring out how to make it easier for a customer to say yes. Now, if you could show that thing one more time, if, if I'm not mistaken, preferred was in green, was it not? Yeah, and I, t- I took it off the screen, but yeah. It yeah, preferred yeah. Was in green. green means go. Okay, so it, it's, you know, so much of it is psychological. Um, I'm surprised that the economy one wasn't in red, because red means stop. You don't. You certainly don't want to go there. Um, it's just, but that's their job. You know, they're, they're not a consumer publication. Um, I hear you. Yeah, but yeah. The last one talking about making money. Well, sometimes yeah. you can go a little over the top. Former yeah. o- former Oklahoma Kia dealer and Mitsubishi dealer get nearly eleven years for fraud tampering. U.S. District Judge Stephen Friot. Also ordered Bobby Mayers to forfeit one million dollars in profits from scamming lenders at his Big Red dealership yeah. group. This is a story we started covering over a year ago, and yes. some justice served here. I think I think it is I think it is safe to say that Big Red is dead. Uh, okay, <laughs> Big Red is dead, and Big Red is gonna I don't know make some new friends in in prison. And and uh, <laughs> and 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 Big Red might really turn into well Big Red, but that's another story for another day. Um, suffice it to say that to me, it's a wonderful thing to see a thief get caught. Not only have to stroke in this case two checks, one for one point one million, and the other for slightly over a million. Not worry about whether or not he admitted guilt or not, was yeah. found guilty and gets to spend 11 years up to 11 years in jail. You know, I think, just in my humble opinion, that if more of that happened to dealer principles, um, 
then uh, a lot of the dealer principals would stop doing the nonsense that they're doing um, if if the consequences were just writing a big check doesn't get you out of it. Okay, um, yeah, so Big Red is dead, and, and Big Red very well could turn into, well, Big Red. After he, I, meets, after he meets his new wife, Bubba. <laughs> Car <laughs> Edge. Bubba's new wife, whatever. Stop at CarEdge.com. <laughs> Cutting you off. CarEdge.com. That's where me and my dad and the incredible team behind the scenes, almost 30 of us, are working diligently every single day to make the car buying, selling, protection, uh, the whole experience significantly better. We even have the repairs and maintenance thing now when you log into your CarEdge account. So please, 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 we can help you. We got the cheat sheets right here, easy access. We've got our uh, exclusive Car Edge network now working. We have those Mazda deals as well, so you can view the inventory here. Come check it out. Our team's here to help, and uh, we hope you have an incredible weekend. We've got no show tomorrow night because we will be out to dinner celebrating yes. the number one podcast in the automotive category. I don't know if it still is, but it was, damn it, for a minute there. It, it was so long enough for, to get you to agree to buy me a steak dinner, damn it. Yep, we're <laughs> going to gonna have a, a steak dinner. And Jay Nagamy. Can you please, 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 if you have a bug, there are multiple calls to action on the on the website to report bugs. There's also the community forum, carage.com slash community, or email me directly, Zach, Z-A-C-H, at caredge.com. If there are bugs, we want to we fix them. So please, please, please provide that information to me or our team so that we can rectify it. Safe train ride tomorrow. Enjoy your show in 15 minutes on Car Edge Electric, Pops. Absolutely looking forward to seeing you and, and uh, Laura and your sister Dara tomorrow and uh, having a, a lovely dinner and, uh, well, watching you whip out your credit card to pay for it all. <laughs> I'm practicing, man. I'm practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whip it out. All right, folks. We'll be back on Monday. Love you, Pops. Love you too, handsome. I'll see you tomorrow.